Hello and welcome to Soul Sessions with Durga. Today is a little bit of a chilly day today. Uh, some rain and um, definitely getting colder outside and you may also be feeling it in the body as dryness. Um, you may feel mucus kicking up in the body as well. And so today on the podcast, I wanted to talk a little bit about Ayurveda and uh, some self-study. And so just a little bit about Ayurveda, I wanted to talk about an Ayurveda we call the sap of life, which is rasa, R-A-S-A. And so rasa is also considered to be uh, the path of juice. And so the reason why I wanted to talk about this today, because fall really reminds me of this uh, rasa more than anything, as, uh, as we begin to get a little bit deeper into the winter coldness, you might be experiencing the elements of this vata, which is air and space. And so on our last podcast, we discussed um, how vata can cause imbalances in the body um, and how pretty much if we observe nature, we can get an understanding of what's going on with our own selves, uh, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. And so really about just learning to pay closer attention, be more mindful, be more present. And so rasa is the sap of life. And so this time reminds me of rasa because we become very dry. Um, you know, the joints are a little creakly, you know, cracking, and there's a lot of dryness within the body. And so it's a great time to begin to oil up the machine, right? And so as we move further in to, uh, you know, the elder ages, <laughs> you know, and uh, we begin to almost dry out, right? And our body become, becomes, uh, begins to shrink, and the joints begin to dry a little bit more, and the mind loses a little bit of its sharpness, right? And we move into this vata stage of life. But with Ayurveda, it actually says that this is a time of, of slowing down. But we can keep ourselves young and vital for a longer period of time if we apply these self-care practices during the seasonal changes. And so just to give you an idea about an Ayurvedic clock, um, in the morning from about 6 a.m. to about 10 a.m., we are living in the kapha element time. So it's a great time to exercise, eat lightly, um, go to the bathroom, prepare for your day, begin to gather up the energy that you need as you move further into your afternoon, which is the pitta 
part of our day. And so kapha being water and earth, and then moving into our afternoon, pitta being fire and water. And so you can just imagine the afternoon being prime time to do our planning, to get organized, to take any sort of action that we need to take in our endeavors, projects, whatever it may be. And then it's also ideal to have our heaviest meal during this time as well. Because then after we move out of the afternoon, we start to move into the vata time of the day, which usually starts around 2 o'clock. So I'd say about 2 to 6 p.m., we're in the vata stage. And so this is a great time for continuous movement, communication, uh, socializing, and then hopefully by 6 p.m., 6.30, you're eating your last meal, which shouldn't be a heavy meal either, by the way. And then we start to move back into that kapha element and then into the pitta and then back into the vata. And so that you can see on this cycle how everything is working. And so if we be more mindful about this cycle that we're working with, we can have a better understanding of how our body's working. And there's a certain period of time when our liver is, you know, rejuvenating and needing to detoxify. And so that shouldn't be a time where we're stuffing food into our body. And so it just helps us to better prepare on, on how we should be uh, eating, how we should be, you know, working with our energies, where we should be putting our energy, and then where we should be uh, eating our heaviest meal and then lighter as the evening goes on. And so Ayurveda really is, even though it's a science, right, and it's a life science, it can be actually quite simple as well. And I find that if you practice in yoga, what we call, which is part of the Eightfold Path, and it's one of the niyamas in yoga, and it's called svadhyaya. And so svadhyaya is the simple act of, of self-studying. And it is an essential part in yoga and Ayurveda, for sure. And so basically, knowing when to pay attention. You know, how, how we feel in any given moment. And the more we cultivate this awareness around what serves our highest good, the happier we are, the more joyful we are, the more in flow we are with our own lives, right? And so one thing I've been noticing a lot doing my own svadhyaya is social media plays a lot on your emotional, mental state, if you allow it to. And so the truth is, not everyone is truthful (laughs) on social media. The truth is, not everyone's truthful. But that is the most truthful statement ever. You know, so you, you go on social media and you can't help but to compare your life to this one and that one. 
or see, oh, this one's doing that and this one's doing that and, and feeling the, the you know, need to, to keep up, right? And so the very platform of social media itself is deceiving and untruthful. You know, people are only allowing you to see what they choose for you to see. And this goes for me as well. You know, I've been an entrepreneur, um, I would say for 14 years. And so I've evolved from what I put on social media and, and what I don't. And I savor, I've really, uh, you know, learned to be more careful about the personal things that I share on Facebook. Um, through my past experiences with doing that. So we all live, we all learn, and that's all it is, right? It's always a learning experience, and, uh, and that's what allows us to grow and to evolve. Um, but it's okay not to share everything on social media and, and not to be discouraged when you go on social media and you feel like you have to keep up with the Joneses, right? So <clears throat> you really need to pick and choose what you're taking in when you're going through social media um, and, and maybe even possibly get rid of the negative that you're seeing on your feed. So just wanted to throw that out there because that's something that I've been working with myself for a little bit now. Um, some of us are just obvious, uh, oblivious to, you know, living a social media and, 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 uh, and, and don't really realize how the things we put out there could be, um, adding to someone else's suffering, you know? So it's, it's really an unconscious platform, this social media that we have. Um, so just being more aware of that, uh, if you're not already, you know, we tend to, uh, tend to strike up a nerve, <laughs> sort of speak, or even just those unconscious emotions, you know, or, or memories or feelings that we think we may have healed from. And then we go on social media and, and we notice we're feeling the feelings of jealousy or competitiveness or we're getting a little judgmental. And so all of these things that are working up in you, um, you know, or, or triggering you are, you know, in the negative. So maybe just getting rid of those people on your social media or just unfollowing that negativity, um, you know, and making it more positive, the platform that you're looking at and, uh, and going from there. But anyway, not to get too far off the topic of, of self-study, and I think it all ties in, it's all relatable to of what I'm talking about with the social media as well, because it's part of that, right? And, and so some of my favorite simple ways of, uh, you know, self-studying 
and and kind of keeping myself in check, right? Making sure that I'm doing the work, right? Because it's that's what it is. It's it's showing up. It's doing the work, and and it's and it's probably never ending. <laughs> so some of the things that I enjoy doing, or things that I, I like to keep it myself in check with, uh, is a daily life of journaling. Right. So I probably have three or four journals, one meditation journal, one is a dream journal, one is a self-study journal. Um, and I think I even have a gratitude journal, but you can never have enough journals when you're working through, um, you know, life and uh, different situations and emotions and experiences. And I think jur- journaling uh, all of that can be a great outlet. And that will go back to the social media thing that I'm talking about is, is a lot of people uh, will use social media as a, a therapy platform. And so instead of putting all your business out there as a form of, of therapy, um, you know, journaling or, or starting a blog is a great way of being able to communicate your feelings or experiences without having all your business out there for everyone to dip and dabble into, right? And so knowing yourself more intimately, right? Knowing your passion, your self-worth, your happiness, and not putting it out there for people to poke holes at, right? Um, I mean... That's how I feel about that. And so journaling is a great outlet. A gratitude list, a gratitude journal, noticing, you know, the things that you may not put up as being, you know, your number one uh, gratitude for every day. You know, it's, it's those little things that we, that we overlook, you know, being able to feed our children, being able to feed ourselves, waking up, uh, having a job, you know, all of those little things that are really the big things in life. And so a gratitude journal or just making a list of things that you're grateful for every day can really help to, you know, keep that uh, self-study awareness practice, you know. Noticing the condition of your body when you eat. And so this is going to go a little bit more into the Ayurveda aspect. And so Ayurveda gives us great guidance when it comes to eating and digesting our food, right? And so it's just really about paying attention. Are we paying attention? Are we eating in an environment that's calming, that's relaxing, you know, are we rush, 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 walking out the door and stuffing our face at the same time? And so if we give ourselves the foundation of paying attention, um, you know, in particular moments like when we're eating, um, this can set us up for, you know, a healthy physical, mental and emotional body. And so simple acts of cooking and eating uh, can inspire and rejuvenate our body's cognitive memory. 
So simple things like just paying attention to what we're ingesting. And that's just not, uh, you know, physically what we're eating, even though that, that does pay a very big part to that. But, um, you know, how are we are digesting life as well. How are we taking in the things that we're surrounded with, you know? So that brings me back to this, this rasa, this sap of life. And we are in this vata season, which is very drying. And we're in a vata part of our lives. If you are, you know, in your late 30s and into your 40s, I know I am. And I have vata as part of my element as well in my constitution. So this is a time that I really need to dig deep <laughs> and pull out all the self-care practices that it could possibly pull out of my magic hat and, uh, and apply these practices so that we're not getting imbalanced. And especially as we move into the kapha season, which is winter, and it's very cold. So something I did the other day that I love to do at least a couple of times out of the week is uh, an abhyanga. And so abhyanga is great um, to oil up the body. And so it is a self-massage uh, that cleanses and soothes the body. And, uh, and it helps to soothe the nervous system, right? And it's creating this deeper connection with your, yourself and your body. And it's bringing these messages into your body that you are there to take care of your body, that you are working with the body to give the body exactly what it needs. And so you're building up almost like a sense of trust as well with you and your body. And so uh, an Abhyanga treatment is great for that. Um, we have sister goddess circles here at uh, my business, Karma Life uh, Holistic Wellness, once a month, and we do different type of, types of Ayurvedic uh, self-care treatments. And, uh, and so... I love to make the Abhyanga oils. We infuse herbs with uh, an coconut oil, or you can use a sesame oil. The one I made the other day was rose, uh, lavender, coconut oil, um, and there was one more. It might have been chamomile in there as well. And just letting that sit for a little bit letting the coconut oil infuse with the herbs. And then I drain the herbs out of the oil and use the oil to lather my whole body, uh, working into the joints of the body first, the elbows, the knees, um, and these nice circular motions, getting the circulation and working uh, to cater the lymphatic system as well. So that's just a lovely treatment um, as we need to get more oils, uh, not only on our body, but into the body too. So <clears throat> also you can start with taking a teaspoon of coconut oil a day, or you can do something like I like to do 
and have a, uh, I like to do chai latte with a scoop of teaspoon of ghee in it. And then I add a little extra turmeric, a dash of black pepper, and then a little dash of cinnamon on top of that. And it sounds like a whole lot to do, but I tell you what, my body craves it. <laughs> so <laughs> and I'm lubing up the body on the inside, and I got my abianga that's lubing up the body on the outside. So I'm getting all those oils back into the body because, again, I'm going back to that word rasa, which means juicy, right? And so we don't want to lose the juiciness of our youth. We start to dry out as we get older. So keeping those juices going is going to counteract that aging, uh, so you can call it a fountain of youth, sort of speak, right? With all these different Ayurvedic self-care treatments. <clears throat> um, and so the word for oil is sneha. Another translation of the same word is love. So put that love oil all over your skin and stay nicely hydrated through this fall season as we make our way into the winter season. And that brings me to something I wanted to talk about. On our last podcast, we had did a small uh, yoga nidra uh, practice. And so the script that I read <clears throat> was from seven, they had seven best short yoga nidras you can Google these, right? You get a script from, you know, on YouTube. Uh, but they're all different. And so that one was a form of bringing joy into your life uh, and self-love. But they're all different. And so Yoga Nidra script doesn't have to be a particular script, uh, you know, and they're all uh, sort of for different purposes as well. So that Yoga Nidra was a nice little script that I read. If I can find the name of the person who wrote the script, I will definitely let you know about that one. And then brings me to wanting to talk about meditation. As we had talked about it very briefly on the last podcast, but I think it's important to uh, talk about meditation as it can become very frustrating to people um, when they're like, you know, I, I can't meditate. I just can't do it. And there's different forms of meditation, right? And so it's okay to start with a concentration meditation to bring you to a meditation where you're not concentrating. I mean, there's always steps in everything and every sort of practice. And so I had mentioned in the last podcast that I had started really with the japa meditation, which, you know, is reciting sacred syllables um, by spiritual aspirants, uh, and they're usually uh, pronounced in Sanskrit names. But um, that's what brought me deeper into meditation. It was, it was the japa meditation reciting 108 times 
my mantra that allowed me to sit longer. And then I didn't know I no longer needed the the mala. You know, I no I no longer needed the japa. But I still come to japa meditation. It's it's a practice that I love, um, especially around this time in the in the vata season in the fall. Um, so just a little bit on sound as energy, and this is coming from Meditations and Mantras by Swami Vishnu Devananda, and uh, he talks about as divine power made manifest in sound. The mantra itself is the subtle body of deity. So the theory of japa meditation or mantra repetition holds that by repeating the syllables with accuracy and intense devotion, the form of the mantra's presiding deity will be, ev- and will be evoked. Meditation on Om Namah Shivaya produces the form of Shiva, while Om Namah Narayana produces that of Vishnu. The vibrations produced by the tones of a mantra are all important, and pronunciation cannot be haphazard matter. So basically, you know, finding a mantra that, that really resonates with you and feels comfortable within your own body as you recite that. And so you don't have to recite these, these uh, long mantras to, to experience the benefits of japa meditation. You can simply, uh, you know, say a few words. However you would like to start, it's an introduction to that for you. And then that will eventually grow in time. So if you want to simply say, Om Shanti, Om Shanti, Om Shanti, and you say that 108 times, eventually Om Shanti will evolve into, into something else. But that's a great, where, you know, great place to start, Om Shanti, Om Peace, you know, meaning peace, meaning you are peace, meaning you want peace, meaning you give peace, <laughs> peace, 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 you know, so However it, however it begins for you, that's all that matters, you know. Patanjali of Yoga Sutras said, you know, now is the time for yoga. Now is the time. So uh, wherever you are in life, now is the time, you know. Now is the time. So start where you can. Do what you can. And that's what it's all about. And so being more aware, right, self-study, being more conscious of, of your habits, of the triggers that trigger certain emotions and past uh, experiences, traumatic experiences, right, and learning to really pay attention to your body and how it reacts to certain uh, situations, how it reacts to food, how it reacts to people. And so just by simply paying attention to all of these things, 
you will become more aware of yourself. You will become more in tune with yourself. And so all of these practices will give you great guidance into knowing more about who am I? And that's really what we want to know. Who am I? And what is my purpose here? So let's just take a moment to sit up nice and tall wherever you are. Sit up nice and tall. I'm taking a few deep breaths in and out. I'll leave you with this question. Who am I? And what is my purpose? Now you can ask this question out loud. Who am I and what is my purpose? And then just pay attention to everything that happens after that. All the little messages, all the little signs of the universe trying to tell you exactly who you are and exactly what your purpose is. Thank you for joining me today on our podcast. I hope that uh, it has served you in some way to becoming a better person. And not only becoming a better person, but just becoming better. Becoming better aware, becoming better uh, in being mindful, and, uh, and, and maybe being a little curious to all of these things that, uh, that uh, create your journey and, and, and what you need to be self-studying. So thank you for joining me, and I hope you have a lovely day. Namaste.